let me just say that, uh, well, I hate to even say it because I'm weird anyway. But if I seem a little weird, God got me up at 1.30 this morning. The Holy Spirit woke me up at 1.30 this morning, man. Couldn't even stop prayer. I mean, prayer, he, he's just on me right now, man. So I might get loud. It's a possibility. Y'all better watch the volume up there. Because this thing might go loud here in just a minute. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how that when we walk in the Spirit, that God ties us together with His, with His plan in reality. But when we walk in the flesh is when we come into issues and we get outside of His real plan. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about today. First of all, we went, went ahead and went Facebook Live so let me say hey to Facebook Live people. Hey, internet out there, hello, glad you're here. Facebook Live, glad you're here. Uh, we're going to finish our series, Create, no, wait a minute. We're not finishing it. I'm carrying it on. I'm only in part two. Creative power, why our words matter to God. Uh, Genesis 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. <clears throat> and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that there was was that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That's a pretty powerful word right there. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It's kind of amazing he keeps using that word created, right? See, our words matter to God because we were created to be like God. We were created to create like God, our words are spiritual containers that re release creative power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hey, man, we're not God. We're not God, but we were created to be like God. You know, to create something in our own image, not in our image, but for God to create something in his own image means to build something that you share some of the qualities that you have. That's what creating something in our own image is. When he created us, he threw this thing in there called free will. It's called choice. See, in fact, creation is so complex that he gave us a piece of himself to help guide us through that. Listen, I'm, this is not going to be bottle feeding time today. We're going to eat some meat, okay? So we're going we're going to take we're going to eat some meat today. We're going to get we're going to get down to some brass tacks. 
Free will. In fact, his creation. I already said that. I can just see God. Now look here. God created us in a way, and I can see him up there. He's putting the humans together, and he opens us up, and he says, man, let me put this free will thing in there. Then I can, I can hear him now. He turned into the angel and he says, you know what? They're going to need some help in this area. Hey, angels, they gonna, hey, I better go on and give a piece of myself, which is the Holy Spirit. I better give a piece of myself to help them with that free will. That's why today, if you've given your life to God, you have a guide called the Holy Spirit to help you make the right choices. The only way that you can place free will into creation is that you have choice. Now I'm just going to slow down just a little bit right here. God didn't want to create robots. God didn't want to create a computer program. What God wanted was to create a relationship. And in order for there to be a relationship, there's one piece that had to be put into humanity, and that piece is choice. For there to be choice, there's something that's very powerful that had to happen. All right, so I'm going to talk about the meaning of life here. Y'all ready? Say, that old dummy don't know. Hey, God used a dummy to tell you. So here's the meaning of life. Let's talk about the meaning of life. For, there to be, for God to put free will there means that he had to have a choice and there has to be evil and there has to be good. There has to be a hell and there has to be a heaven. Otherwise, we're just a walking robot around, walking around, I'm going to serve God. No, the only way that can truly happen, when he placed free will in us, by the way, he placed it in Adam and Eve, and it's still in us today. The only way that could happen was there to be evil and for there to be good and a choice. Matter of fact, the first thing he did very first, right off the bat. So he placed free will in us, and he said, okay, y'all, listen here. Humanity, I got this perfect garden here for you, and all you got to do is walk around and name the animals, and you just live your life. I mean, you ain't even got to wear clothes. The temperature is so perfect, you don't need clothes. You're so comfortable in this thing. You, and, and he says, but... I've got to give you a choice because the only way I'm going to have a relationship is if you choose it with me. So what he said is, he said, I got one tree over here. This tree, don't eat none of that fruit. You can have everything else in the garden. And I'm telling you, I'm out of my mouth. I'm your God. And I'm telling you, this is paradise. Don't eat this fruit. He laid the choice out, right? That's called free will. That's something that's been placed inside us. Guess what we did? We run over there and ate that fruit. Then we bounce around and go, it was her fault. You know, by the way, but look. Did you, do you know that the reality is that the relationship or what God really wanted for you was paradise? He wanted that paradise, but he has to give you choice.
He has to. Because that's how he created us, with free will. He has to give you the choice, good or evil. Just like paradise, John 10.10 tells us what he wants for our lives. John 10.10 gives you a picture of what he wants. What does he want? Abundant life. That's what he wants. He wants you to have an abundant life while you're here on this earth to prepare you. He wants you to have an abundant life while you're here on this earth to prepare you to live with him forever one day. That's why we get hung up sometimes because we think, you know what all this grace God has? And his, I understand now what his word meant when he said, I, I wish that no one would go to hell. But I want to tell you why they are going. They are going. Some are going to hell. Not that God wishes it because he would like for you to all be in the paradise. However, when he placed free will for him to have a true relationship, then he had to place choice. And when he did that, that means there has to be a hell and there has to be a heaven. Think about that for a little bit. Think about it. He placed that choice out there and he says, now choose you heaven. Choose paradise. Don't eat from that stinking fruit. I got paradise for you. That's what he wants. But he has to let us make the choice or else we're just a bunch of robots, right? Today we're going to take a Holy Spirit-led look at the word of truth on how to live an abundant life. You want to know why? Because God wants you to have a blessed life. He wants you in the paradise now. Because God's desire is that you would live an abundant life. That's why he sent his son. He wants you to live an abundant life. But guess what the problem is? We keep choosing the fruit. We keep running over and choosing the fruit. So we're going to talk today about some of those things. What, is really, what does God really want you to have? He wants you to have abundance. Abundance, overflowing. He wants you to have more than enough. He wants you to be abundantly blessed. He wants you to be abundantly, abundantly, abundantly blessed. That's what God wants for you. But he won't make it happen. You have to choose to live an abundant life. Period. I want to talk today about that abundant life. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. And I'm, I'm going to roll these guys today because y'all are first service. You got to get it in there. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. 37, the words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Our words matter to God because God's words frame the world. And our world, our words frame our world. Ain't that powerful? Let's talk about that. You are currently living in the world your words create. In order to change our world, we have to change our words. When we say what God says, it creates life. Now, I know last week Pastor Keith shared, actually shared my sister's here testimony. I guess he shared with Pastor, at least the one on the internet, she shared with Pastor how she's living the life that she spoke when she was a child. 
It got me thinking. I thought, you know what? I remember the first words I spoke when I was born. Isn't that amazing? And I'm living them. The first words I spoke when I was born was, I've been set free from crystal meth. That's the first words I spoke. And I'll be honest with you, I was at a church, at this church, with about a hundred people around me that I really didn't know, and he just welled up inside me. I didn't think about it. It welled up inside me, and the preacher's up there preaching, and I jumped up and said, I've been set free from crystal meth. Here's the amazing thing. From, for 15 years, I've not wanted to hit a crystal meth. Ain't that amazing? Now think about us shaping our life. I've never wanted crystal meth again. And you know what? He didn't leave it up to me. See, when I, when I took salvation, God said, well, here's that little piece to help guide you through your stupid times, Rick. If you'll listen to him, he'll do you good. That piece said, no, nah, we can't leave this to Rick. I'm just going to well it up inside him all of a sudden. I didn't think about it. I, nothing. It just came out. I just stood up. How many people stand up in the middle of a service? You know what? That kind of happens now. But it didn't back then. I wasn't no church person. But I was pretty sure that wasn't supposed to happen in church. <laughs> I wasn't raised in church, so I didn't see how it's supposed to work. But I was thinking... And my wife's like, oh, my God, Rick, which I've done a lot of weird stuff that goes against the grain of what church is supposed to look like. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by, our word, by the word of God, so the things which are seen are the things that are made, things which are visible. <sighs> which are seen were not made of things which are visible. See, I accepted God. He placed a helper inside of me. And if you've accepted God, he's placed a helper inside of you. And the, the reason I jumped up and said, you know, hey, I've been set free from crystal meth around 100 people. The reason that happened is because the Holy Spirit is one of those things that are not seen. You see, may see the effects because you may see somebody go through a big old mess with a smile on their face. Guess what? That's the Holy Spirit. Because the world, they ain't got it. Flesh can't offer you nothing through the hard times. All the flesh is going to do for you through the hard times is cause you to run around cussing all the time or something. That's what the flesh do. But the Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, what's visible in this world is the fact that the Holy Spirit is in you. Right? And the, and the visible effect of that actually is I ain't wanted crystal meth for 15 years. I told pastor yesterday, I said, I wished I'd have jumped up and said, said that about pot. <laughs> to be honest with you, it took me about five years to get over wanting pot. Now, I didn't smoke pot, but I wanted it quite a few times. Now I realize... I should have been walking around saying I've been set free from crystal meth and pot. For, you, for those of you that want to be free from pot or meth, start speaking it, by the way. 
First, you've got to accept the Holy Spirit in your heart because that's the invisible thing. John 6, 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So according to the word of truth, we establish that everything about this Christian life is not visible to our eyes. Right? And we establish that the words we speak affect what we can see. James 3 verse 2 says, Indeed, we all make many, many mistakes. I added, oh, I need to add three more minis in there. For if, oh, I ain't allowed to do that. Forgive me, Lord. We don't add to or take away from the word. For if we could control our tongues we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now see, the reality is that we're not sitting here saying that you can walk around and create some kind of uh, fantasy life for yourself with your words. In other words, I'm, I'm not saying that I can go around and say, Maserati. Maserati, I need a Maserati. I'm not going to be able to do that. You, our words do have creative power, but we're not saying that you can create some kind of world you live in because guess what? We might as well be God then. No, what we're saying is your words though, your words will uh, help you walk through this life that God has created for you abundantly man that's all we got to ask ourselves this morning are we living an abundant life and the second thing I want to ask yourself is what's coming out of your mouth what are we talking about we're not saying you can walk around either I'm also not saying let me come against uh, some preaching that I see sometimes not here but let me come against something right now uh I'm not somebody that believes that you can just be positive. Positive speaking is going to make your life so great that somehow that positive speaking is just going to fix everything. Because it's more than that about, God, about the gospel. See, you also have to have faith. You have to have obedience. You've got to have discipline. All of which you find when you study, right? But we are saying you can't have faith without the right words. I'm saying you ain't going to be obedient without the right words. And I'm saying if you're sitting at your computer going, it's been 32 seconds, hurry up, you're probably not going to have patience you have to learn to bridle and control the words that are coming out of your mouth. Now, it's not the gospel's not just about words, but this is a huge part of our Christian living. Number one, people are watching us. I'm deciding whether I want to be a Christian or not off of you. Hey, man, I don't want you sitting around talking negative all the time. That's not good. Why would somebody want to? I want to be a Christian. I want to give my life to Jesus because I see something in you that the world does not have to offer me. And the words that I speak are creating around me, number one, how I'm feeling. 
Because I could talk myself into depression in a heartbeat. But I can talk myself out of it too. Huh? What about that? If you're walking around and you're saying things like every time it rains, it absolutely pours on me. Don't walk out of here with that after today. Because you're cursing your own life. God says there is power in your words. I just read a bunch of scriptures. The bulletin things got it all in there. So Jesus is our foundation and your words are the framing and everything else. So Jesus is the foundation, period, of our lives. Our words are the framing of our home. And then all the other things are, are the things that decide whether you got indoor plumbing in your house or not. I mean, if you got faith, you got indoor plumbing, right? In your life that you're living, you got to ask yourself, do I got indoor plumbing? Do I got air conditioning? Or am I running out to the outhouse every time I turn around? Now, wait a minute. I just want you to know, there's a lot of people go to church, but I want to tell you something. The people that are really, truly working the Word and really going around and they're speaking life, I want to tell you something. They got Wi-Fi in their house. Have you got Wi-Fi in your house? Not just plumbing. They got Wi-Fi. You see, you're going to decide... God's already said, I want you to have an abundant life. That's what I want for you. I have an abundant, and while you're here on this earth, we're going to be doing some work on you, and we're going to get you ready, and I want you to come live with me in heaven. But even while you're here, I want you to have abundant life. But you got to make choices. You got to make the right choices, right? I want a house with Wi-Fi. I say that today because, Lord, have mercy, kids would die. My kids would just die if they didn't have Wi-Fi. (laughs) They'd be hitting that little computer like, what in the world? What am I going to watch? Actually, I need to cut that thing. Our words matter to God because our words shape our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Words create thoughts that define our desires and govern our emotions. Third John verse one and well, third John one verse two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Proverbs twenty one twenty three. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Proverbs 18, verse 7. A fool's mouth his destruction is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. So I just want to take a second. I want to talk about your soul. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. May God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord. So, you're made up of three. 
You have a spirit, a soul, and a body. NIV. You have a spirit, a body, and soul. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. All right, so a spirit, a soul, and a body. John 3, 6 says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. When you get saved and you get washed white as snow, it doesn't matter. When you get saved, the blood of Jesus Christ washes over you. Well, guess what? If you was dirty when you got saved, your body was dirty. When you got saved, you're still dirty until you take a bath. Because guess what? What happens at salvation is your spirit gets washed as clean as snow. But your soul still has issues. I'm going to prove it to you right here. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I promise you it's not a lump of brain on the mind, by the way. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect Will The word transformation, that's the thing I want to talk about. Transformation and renewing. At salvation, if everything got cleaned up, why would we need, why would we need transformation? Transforming from what? You're already clean. When you got saved, everything got clean. Your spirit gets cleaned, but your soul, which has had damage, it's had some wounds, it's had some hurts. That needs transforming over a lifetime. Your mind, your thinking process, listen, the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. Your whole life we've thought a certain way, right? So that even has to be transformed. There's a transformation process that has to happen, right? Hey, man, do you have NIV so we can preach out of the same thing for the next service anyway? Not that it don't say exactly the same, I'm sure, but somehow I feel like it ain't. So the transformational process, okay. Somebody, you're, you're made up of three. When you get saved, your spirit is cleaned and washed in the blood. Your soul, which is took the wounds, emotions, where your thoughts go, all that kind of stuff, still damaged, but there's something that happened. The Holy Spirit jumped in there too now. Holy Spirit got in there. But everything ain't perfect in there. Because I don't know if you just got saved yesterday, but keep hanging around. Saved people, they're still messy. Uh, and then we go into a transfer. I'm not even going to talk about the body. Body, it's nothing. Your body's a vessel. 
We're just, it's just a vessel to get you around on earth. You ain't your body. That's not who you are. You're not, that, you're not your body. So when that happens and transformation begins to happen at salvation, you're going to be transforming your entire life if you choose to. Matter of fact, one of the worst things I see is when brothers and sisters get to this place to where they think it's over because it ain't. Now, I don't know. You may be transformed in heaven. I ain't done enough studying to know that one. But I do know that, uh, hey, when you think you've arrived, you need a lot more work because you still got some areas that need transformed. You still got some areas that need renewed about us. So God's spending a whole lifetime. Let me give you an example here using the word recovery. If somebody's been a Christian a long time, they really don't understand. They may not understand this. Why would somebody say they're in recovery or why would they speak recovery over themselves? Well, let me tell you something. Speaking the word recovery, you're not speaking anything over yourself. What you're doing is you're reminding yourself and you're letting those around you know, I'm in a transformational process here. So if I'm at your house and we're watching a football game, I don't need to drink one beer. See, I can never relax enough to think, oh man, I arrived because I'm in that transformational process and I've got damage in my soul. I've got things that, yeah, it's getting healed. Things, a lot of it's been healed. They still work to do. Once God heals one thing, he always brings revelation on, hey, let's work on this. You're like, hey, whatever, but it's getting tough, God. Because it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So, so part of saying recovery is me saying I'm in transformation. I'm in that transformational process. And therefore, I'm letting you know, hey, man, don't offer me a beer at your house. But I'm also letting you know, uh, letting myself know, hey, Rick, you've been clean 15 years? Oh, you better not relax and drink one beer, man. Better not. Because look at all these people you've seen fall off the wagon after many, many years because they, they forgot I'm being transformed. So I'm not speaking nothing evil over myself. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying I'm a diabetic, so don't give me no cake. I'm reminding myself, hey, I'm a diabetic. Let's don't, uh, you can't eat cake, Rick. You see what I'm saying? That's the reality. That's what transformation is. Transformation is a process that's going on. So our soul is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. Your spirit's what gets cleaned. You get the help of the Holy Spirit to come in and help you transform. I believe over a lifetime, possibly beyond, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll have to ask God when we get there. If you choose to be, if you choose to be transformed, the transformation stops the minute you stop. He's only going to transform us into be what we, what we let him transform us into be. Now, here's the thing. Are people getting saved around us? Hey, if they're not, we probably stop the transformation process because it's, it's pretty. It's beautiful. 
When you see people grow and grow and get better and better and happier and full of joy, it's a beautiful thing. And you know what? It attracts people around them, and they want to come be a part of that. If you ain't got that going on in your life, you got to ask yourself, have I stopped the transformational process? Psalms 141 verse 3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 6, 2, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Proverbs 13, 3, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Now, I'm not saying that I, should, uh, I shouldn't talk about reality. If my legs hurt, I'm okay saying my legs hurt. But to also, I need to speak healing over that thing, by the way. I need to balance that thing out. Our words matter to God because the joy of the Lord is our wall of defense against the enemy. Man, this is the measurement on where we are. Do you have joy? Do you have joy? Are you living an abundant life? Do you have joy? Joy is fueled by the fruit of our lips Walking in the fruit of the Spirit, Satan cannot take your joy. People cannot take your joy, and Satan cannot take your joy. You relinquish it. You relinquish it to people if you let them have it. By the way, I call that codependency. Or if you, let, if you relinquish it to Satan, he's always sitting there waiting just any time to jump in there and take everything he can from you. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send the portions of those for whom nothing is prepared. Pretty important right there. You got to take care of your brothers and sisters around you. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If we're not walking in the joy of the Lord, then we're walking around with a weakness. We're not as strong, right? So how do we have, if you got depression, you got discouragement, you got disappointment, take up this weapon we're talking about against the enemy, Speak life. Why? Because when depression gets on you, what do you do? All right, I'm going to, if you've never been depressed, I'm going to take y'all into a depressed world. Y'all ready? I'll tell you what you do. You may not do it out loud, but you sit there and talk about it and think about whatever the negative is until it makes you sick. That's what depression is. And you think about it over and over, and you talk about it over and over. You may not tell it to other people, but you're telling it to yourself. Hey, I've been depressed. Depression causes you to want to say things that make it worse and worse and worse. Till I was at suicide. Thank God I didn't do it. But I, I, I was in bad shape. So God, came, God has given you a word this morning. He said, hey, you struggling with depression? You, it's going to be hard because your flesh goes, ugh, I can't say nothing good. Say victory. I have victory over depression. That's what I say. I know it's hard. It's hard because you don't feel it. Don't worry. Just keep saying it. Victory. 
You struggling with addiction? I got victory over addiction. Whatever you're struggling with, speak life into it. I'm not saying that everything's about speak life, but it coupled with life, you're deciding what kind of life we live. Either we live a life of abundance, Jesus died and came down here and rose again so that we could have an abundant life. Satan is here to kill, steal, and destroy. You think Satan ain't a bunch of smoke and mirrors constantly wanting you to have things negative come out of your mouth? Yeah, that's all he does. He just floats around trying to get you to speak it. And we do. Over and over and over we do. See, God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to have an abundant life. That's what he wants for us. He wants you to live a life. He actually, let me even be, let me be real for just a second. He wants you to have an abundant life, but it ain't even for you. He already knows you're going to heaven. Okay, good. He wants you to have an abundant life so that you are an actual good representation of who he really is here on this earth. We all have a commission If you're living life just for you, you're missing it. He wants you to have an abundant life so that joy is flowing out of you, so that when you stand in Marshall County, Jesus can come up in here and change some lives. When somebody's struggling with depression so that they can see you abundantly with joy, abundantly with peace, abundantly with life, so he wants that for you, but not really for you, it's for them. Because God really desires that all of us, all of us would be in heaven with him. That's what he desires. So it's not about you. It's really not. But we have to work his word for it to become about what is truly here, and that is it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. A man's joy, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And the word spoken in due season, how good is it? Philippians 3.1, I don't know, that was Proverbs 15.23. Philippians 3.1, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens, he says, I never get tired of telling you these things, I, I, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Why? Because you can talk yourself right out of it. You can talk yourself out of faith. That's why. Why can you talk yourself out of faith? Well, just sit here and keep talking about how bad it's going to rain on your life. Or I I always say the same thing, and I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say, hey, try God's way, and if it don't work, don't believe in him. I wouldn't believe in him. Either his word's true, either this is the truth, or it ain't. Hey, I've come to find out this is true, man. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice, rejoice. Our words, oh man, hang on just a minute. Since we're on Facebook Live, I want to put something out here. There's there's people right now that can't even get out of the house watching this thing on Facebook Live because they're so depressed 
because they're so depressed they can't even get out of the house. Well, let me tell you something. Take this weapon that is given to you and begin to speak life. Right now, matter of fact, we just read a couple of scriptures about rejoicing. Stand up in front of wherever you are and start rejoicing. You ain't going to feel it, but it'll come along and change things, shift things in your life. I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand, but I hope there's some people that's been struggling in here. And that way, they're going to take a good word home with them. And uh, now, and you're going to speak life. You're going to see things change in your life. And you're going to stay there. Yeah, we're going to stay there. Our words matter to God because our words create our vision. We are visually attracted to what we are verbally saying. We see what we say, and the more we say, the more we see it. You know how I answer the phone? You remember, Ramsey? Blessed and highly favored. That's my answer when you say, what are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. That's how I answer my phone. And people, a lot. well, not everybody, but I mean, I would do that to Ramsey. Anybody outside of that goes, what? I got the wrong number. Blessed and highly favored. I'm living a blessed life. I'm going to live an abundant life. Thank you, Lord, for this abundant life you give me. Let's shift our thinking from the negative to the positive. Couple it with our faith. Couple it with obedience. Couple it with the word that God has given us. Couple it with studying and change our lives. Genesis 1, 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Numbers 13, 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of whatever the, the right way to say that is, come from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their own eyes. What do you see? What are you seeing in your life? Numbers 14.9, only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Judges 1.20, the town of Hebron was given to Caleb and as Moses had promised and Caleb drove out the people living there who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. The reality and the truth is that you, your words is shaping your life. You're deciding what kind of life you live. Let's change our language. Will y'all stand up with me and let's pray together? What it is, is we have some damage sometimes in our soul that's being in the process of transformed. And what happens is sometimes hurt causes us to speak things over our lives that we don't realize is causing more hurt and more damage and more hurt and more damage. And it causes us to speak more and more till we're so far from the mark of what God has for us. The truth is God 
sent his son to die on the cross, not to die on the cross, but to pay the price and live to rise so that your life could rise. Today, our time on this earth, he wants us to be a representation of this is what a, a little, little Christ looks like. Christian, this is what, I'm a picture of Christ. Yes, I'm in transformation, but I'm gonna have joy along the way. This is what, I'm not perfect, but, it, but if you give your heart to Jesus, this is what he looks like. Come on, y'all. We got to begin to speak life. Lord, Father in heaven, we just ask you to help us. Holy Spirit, convict us when we begin to talk negative and ugly and curse our own lives, curse our children's lives. Curse our families' lives. Holy Spirit, remind us that we are to speak life, have faith, and believe. Father, help us be the model of what it means to be Christians. In Jesus' name, amen.